Welcome to another episode of It's in the Experience, an original podcast series produced by the Association for Experiential Education. I'm Sherry Bagley, Executive Director of AEE and the host of It's in the Experience. Thanks to all of you who have been listening. We have been able to introduce you to many amazing members of the experiential education community. We've heard their stories, ideas, and learned about their important work, and today is no exception. Joining me are Bryn Lodig and Christy Brock. Let me briefly introduce them so you can get an idea of how awesome these two are. Bryn is the co-founder of Kakori, an app for educators that aligns experiential education activities with teaching and social emotional standards. She is a sought after expert in experiential education, keynote speaker, and is the leadership center director at Camp Manitowish YMCA. She has a master's degree in adventure-based experiential education, has led extended wilderness trips, is certified in wilderness first aid, wilderness water safety, ACCT challenge course manager, as a private pilot, a potty advanced scuba diver, and holds a blue belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. She lives with her husband, two children in Northern Wisconsin. Her passion is to deliver meaningful programming to school and corporate groups alike, using the challenge course as a medium to focus on experience-based social emotional learning outcomes. We'll learn more about Kokori and their work during this episode. Christy is a certified clinical adventure therapist and holds a bachelor's in social work degree and a master of social work degree. She was first introduced to the world of adventure therapy in 2006 by a happy accident when she showed up to a company picnic and overheard the zipline instructor talking about having a social work degree. Finding out she could combine her love of the outdoors with her love of social work, there was no looking back. She started New Adventures, the first adventure therapy program in the greater Cincinnati, Ohio area, and works with children and families. She lives with her partner and son, as well as their two dogs, Luna and Sunny. When Christy isn't going on adventures with clients, you can find her going on adventures with her family, friends, and even solos. She believes that adventures can be found in the most mundane tasks, if you're willing to look. Hello, ladies. Thanks for being here today. Hi. Thanks for having us. Those were the most adorable intros. Thank you. <laughs> you all are so great. It's awesome to have you here. And, you know, we've been doing this for six episodes now. So thank you all for being the sixth episode. We are excited that people have been listening and that we're sharing our stories and our experiential education community with the greater world. One of the things we do on this episode is we like to start with a little initiative called Commonalities and just see what you all have in common. And I know you two have known each other for a while, and so Commonalities might be easy for you, but also you might discover something new about each other. So what are some of your Commonalities, you think? Jimmy Buffett. Yes. Meatloaf. Yes. The singer. The food or the, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, finding one another at conferences, singing and dancing. Absolutely. Yeah. I think encouraging one another on social media, doing hard things, girl bossing. Yeah. That's a great list. Definitely the singing and dancing. One of my favorite things with Brent and I will find each other across a room. When a song comes on, I'm like, this is it. I have to find her. <laughs> Did you all know each other before AE conferences or had you met before? Oh, yeah, we were in, I think it was 
either Minneapolis or Montreal for one of the international conferences. And we were in a workshop together. <laughs> I can't remember what workshop it was, but one of the activities that the facilitator had us do was to get a partner and to stare into each other's eyes for like four minutes. And it was the worst thing I've had to do. <laughs> it was, I was like, I don't do eye contact. Yeah. I was like, well, Brent and I are about to be real close. And then that night we danced to Meatloaf and Jimmy Buffett at a social. <laughs> awesome. That is hilarious. Yeah. Dan Miller and I did that same activity. Yeah. Maybe it was the same workshop. I don't know. But yeah. And you just like instantly you're like, oh, well, I really know that person now. So every time you saw him at the conference, you're like, hey, buddy, like, how's, it <laughs> how's my eye contact person? Yeah, absolutely. I, uh. I did a play note once, and I think Chris Ortiz was leading it, and it was one of those high five partners, and it was the one where you miss on top and you you high five on the bottom. Only my partner missed on the bottom also and slapped my backside, and that person I continued to see at AEE conferences, and I was like, hey, <laughs> it's a pretty good miss right there, just getting the help. Yeah. <laughs> so besides meeting at AEE conferences and dancing and singing, what would you say about the other person's work? What do you know about what they do? Do you want to go first, Bryn? Yeah. Well, again, Chrissy and I, we don't live in the same state. We're not even in the same, like, I don't think AEE regional. So we're, we've only seen each other at international conferences and then you know, being that support on social media. And so I guess the things that I know is that as a social worker, Chrissy started her own practice. And that practice, it takes a lot of work to start your own company and it takes a lot of faith. And it's just a big gamble on yourself. And to be able to provide a service that the community that you're in will find value in enough to support you financially, emotionally, socially. And so it's really exciting every time I see a birthday post of the business come up or anything about how it is thriving and still existing. And just to know that there is somebody out there who is providing that service for their community uh, makes me happy. I don't have a social work training and my business is very different, but to know that there's something out there servicing that community that is built on the same foundations that I believe in so wholeheartedly, it's very easy to like and comment and share and, and do those things that are free supports, you know, zero cost ways to support somebody else's business that I don't need to engage in um, or that doesn't serve me or, or my community directly. And it's been really neat to watch Bren's, um, especially Kikori, kind of, because that started, was that like four years ago? Yeah, we we launched just like before the pandemic. And so it was like a prototype in 2019 um, and a real thing starting in 2020. Okay, that's what I thought. I thought it started before COVID. It's been really neat to see Kikori from my perspective, like explode. And I use it all the time. And I have so many different, like you can create like little playlists on there of different activities. And it's so fun to like watch 
the different activities categories just grow and grow and grow. And it's been immensely helpful for my practice and all of the projects I'm a part of. And Kikori has been phenomenal, both for me as a professional and I think our community. So it's, it's nice to have a colleague and a friend who also like is so impactful in my day-to-day work. And so it's it's fun to watch our programs and businesses take off around the same time and kind of just explode. So it's been a lot of fun. And Bryn, can you tell us a little more about Kikori? Yeah. So Kikori is um, a digital platform available on mobile and desktop devices that is a database of experiential education activities aligned with social emotional learning standards to put experiential ed at your fingertips. And it is a tool for teachers, counselors, facilitators. It is not for students or clients to interact with directly, but it is a training tool to help facilitate uh, meaningful social emotional interactions. So we're a crowdsourced platform. We have over a thousand activities. Um, We're present in a bunch of different countries. uh, And it's really a place for all of the voices in our field to be present, uh, have a presence, because we know that Folks, sometimes they just need a spark. They just need an idea to make something their own. And we want to both honor the innovators in the experiential education field who came before us, but give people who are doing amazing things out in the world a space to share that with others so that we level up our collective intelligence. We get to learn from one another's mistakes and build on one another's successes. Yeah, it's been such a... great space for people to share it's funny to see like what people name activities and then like people have like you know people are doing the same activity but they have like vastly different names for it or like and then you'll like hear that name and you'll be like oh that name is so much better for this activity than my name and like you yeah so that's been neat to see all the different and the different variations I mean as facilitators we've all changed an activity or made it a little bit different to adapt to our group. And then that adaption works so well and you change it a little bit more and you need to see all the differences on. And that Kikori allows for that is awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's just so dynamic that, you know, there's so many activity books that have been published or attempts at databases on the web, but that it's dynamic enough that it honors the classics as well as people's new variations and innovations. And it's just all right there for anybody to contribute or use as a resource. Our mission is to provide a free access, that there are paid versions and levels and features But our mission is to democratize access to experiential education so that those who need it and often those who thrive from the activities the most are the ones who are the most under-resourced. And so supporting us with a annual individual membership or supporting us even on the social medias goes a really long way, um, recommending us within schools. But we do offer a lot of really cool paid features that are transformative for your school, your practice. Thank you. And thanks to Kendra also, who helped found it. My co-founder, Kendra, it was actually her idea 
and her and I did a master's course together. And upon completing our master's, I was like, so I guess I'm going to have like a bunch of extra time if you want any help. I think your idea is really good. So my history is coming from the camp world and working with school groups on the high ropes course. But she's a social worker and she worked within the the brick and mortar schools. And so it was really from our two perspectives that we built the platform. And, and she's just an incredible CEO and girl bossing to the max and breaking glass ceilings. And she just had a baby. And so it's it's incredible to do that alongside her. Awesome. So since you're both business owners, um, what is something that you found difficult about owning your own business and also the work that you're doing within your business? Kind of a two-part question. As far as owning my own business, the work-life balance is an ongoing learning process that I have yet to master, to say the least, but it's a process because I think Brynn and I are both so passionate about the work we do that we want it to be the best we can make it and figuring out how to navigate staying at the top of our game professionally while also having a life and having a family and living our values as a human and also as a professional and trying to figure out how to marry those two have been a challenge. But especially AEE and TAPG, we have a phenomenal group of colleagues that I've been able to look up to who have figured it out a little better than I have. So that's been great. That's been very helpful. Yeah. I want to echo all of that. And I think it's interesting too, when we first started Kikori and it was just Kendra and I, there was no end to the workday and start to like being at home because that was also pandemic time. And when Kendra and I started the business, she was living in Santiago and I was in northern Wisconsin. We were continents apart, time zones apart. Everything was digital. So we were all in on Zoom. And I was physically in my home, but mentally in the business, mentally engaged in my screen. But there there was no physical separation from my job and my life outside of work. And that mentally was hard to turn off one or the other. But it also gave me a lot of flexibility that... Some of my friends and peers didn't have either. And so there's such a, like, the grass is greener. And there were days where I was like, man, I wish I was just bagging groceries and could, like, walk away from work and not have to lay up at night thinking about anything that needed to be done or not even physically being able to do work when I was at home. But, you know, it's interesting watching sort of generationally the hard workers that came in the generation before us and that just notes the, the grindstone sort of thing. And then this next gen that is really what I'm finding protective of their time off and really good at vocalizing more about their social, emotional health and boundaries and feeling somewhere in between and, and wanting to model these best practices. And it is definitely freeing and beautiful to work for yourself but also I'm like when is the person who is in charge gonna show up <laughs> I have like daydreams of like my retirement job is bagging groceries like or, or something like that when you just like go in and you do your job and then you finish it and you go home and there's like 
and you don't think about work anymore and you're just like home like oh okay that would that would be good but then uh, then i go back to like no i really like being in charge <laughs> also yes yeah. <laughs> like being able to make you know decisions and and make things happen is powerful and it, it, you know it's it's good i like that so awesome so as as younger professionals in charge of things girl bossing what are some tools or strategies that you have found helpful for you to, you know, find that work-life balance or, or to get through some of the difficult times? What are some things that work really well for you? I think for me, it is just walking the walk. Hikori is literally a tool to teach how to communicate effectively, to connect with yourself, with others, and the planet, and... I lead team building every Monday during our all staff meetings. So we have a half hour to 45 minutes set aside every week to do team building initiatives within our leadership team. And I think that the things that I have learned growing up at Camp Manitwish and the qualities of a collaborative leader, which are the foundations of sort of who I am as a leadership facilitator, a professional in this industry is just about creating the space to build a shared vision, try things, change it and try it again and recognize that your best right now is enough. And, you know, knowing that leadership and followership go hand in hand and it's not it's not even like delegating that helps make it. It's just knowing that sometimes you're the leader and sometimes you're the support. And that's all what makes it possible, you know, and celebrating success. I think that sometimes we're so hard on ourselves and achievement focused people don't take that break to celebrate that success and to have joy in their day to day. Yeah. To echo that completely, it's been one of the best pieces of advice I was given when New Adventures, we were about to open our doors for the first time. So New Adventures is a fiscally sponsored project of the Children Our Future, which is our parent organization nonprofit. And Terry Williams is the CEO and founder of that. And she and Mari Long both told me when you're opening new doors, celebrate it, create celebration around it. Even though it's literally me, myself and I, I hung streamers and I decorated my office with balloons and stuff and my clients loved it. I worked with teens and emerging adults. And so they were so excited because they love parties. So it was really neat to celebrate this thing that I did for my community and with my community and to know that like it's okay to celebrate your own successes because I feel like in our society, we're kind of totally keep that quiet. You don't celebrate yourself. You let other people do that. But I am one that I'm like, look what I did. Sometimes else out of celebration, sometimes out of like, I did that. Oh my, at least um, that has been a big piece of it. Just being able to celebrate myself and the lengths that I've gone to and the, the progress I've made over the past seven or eight years that I've been involved with TAPG specifically. And another piece would be to know that I don't know anything like compared to the generation before me in our field, like the Mari Lungs and Terry Williams and Christine Nortons and Kim Sexeters, to know that those people, like I'm going to those people because even if I think I know the right way, quote unquote, right way to do something, I'm going to run it by them just to know that 
they have many more years of experience of doing what I'm trying to do. And to know that we have some of the most brilliant people and trailblazers in our field within our TAPG community has been immensely helpful. And to say I started new adventures on my own wouldn't even be accurate because I had Mari and Kim and Terry every single week messaging me like, what do you need this week? What's going on this week? So just celebrating and looking up to those who have done what we want to do has been fantastic. Let's take a quick break. You know how you have been listening to this podcast? Has it sparked curiosity? Encouraged you to learn something new? Made you wonder what these folks look like in person? Well, here's your chance. AEE hosts an international conference and the 51st one is coming up. Join us November 2nd through the 4th, 2023 in beautiful Madison, Wisconsin and meet the guests from the podcast. Learn something new at Mini Diverse Workshop. Be captivated by one of our dynamic speakers. Gain a deeper understanding during our research symposium and just have some fun at our awesome socials, including an evening at the Children's Museum. We are excited to gather together and explore how learning through experience has the power to positively transform people in our world. Won't you join us? Find out more info at aee.org. Christy, can you tell a little bit more about what TAPG is? Yeah, so TAPG is the Therapeutic Adventure Professional Group. We are a subgroup underneath the AEE, Association for Experiential Education. We are a group of mental health clinicians who are using adventure therapy or therapeutic adventure in our daily work. So we have adventure therapists, we have social workers, counselors, anyone who is using adventure or experiential work in a clinical setting for the most part. We do a lot of conferences and trainings and workshops and a lot of really cool stuff. We've got so much coming up this year. The TAPG has been my professional home and the place that I've been able to find what I wanted to do and have the ability to do it. Just a shout out to you, Christy, about what an amazing volunteer you are within EE and TAPG. Christy has done so much work in planning a lot of these events and supporting these things that are happening. So thank you, Christy, for being an awesome volunteer on top of all the other things. And also, same to you. You've supported regions. You've supported the conferences. You all are much appreciated within AE for all your volunteer leadership. Thank you. One of the things that also makes you two amazing. So speaking of being amazing... If you were an experiential education superhero, what would be your superpower? Mine would be, this shows my, uh, my love of Harry Potter. Hermione Granger has a bag that is bottomless. And I say all the time whenever I watch Harry Potter that I want Hermione's bottomless bag because even before I had kids, my car looked like a circus car because of all of the stuff. I had ropes and blindfolds and rubber ducks and mouse traps and the most random stuff in my car. And people would always be like, you have kids? No, no, this is for work. And to haul it places, like just an endless bag that would not weigh anything or for backpacking too, that would not weigh anything that I could just take with me and then just dump it all out on site. Well, then you'd always be ready whenever your group needed. Like exactly. I, I think about like 
when you facilitate like your backpack is like your room you know it's like everything you need and i would just keep putting more and more stuff in my backpack and like before a program you see all these backpacks lined up and you lift them and it's like a you know it's like a 40 50 60 bat like you're like what <laughs> so yes that would be an amazing amazing superpower i agree <laughs> yeah i think i kind of want to steal your superpower um <laughs> I was thinking that I would love for my superpower to be to help regulate another person instantly and then have them like accept that skill, like to be able to transfer that skill so that they could then regulate themselves in the future. So like to instantly be able to see what they need to be able to regulate and then like give them the skills so that they can regulate themselves in the future. You know, a lot of what I do, I feel like, is just a meta team building initiative. And that, you know, we play these games and and I've got like big fish on my shelf right there that I throw that have like a dog honker in there. And, you know, these things that feel silly, but we all know like it's it's the metaphor, right? It's this way that we're able to disarm people to engage in something in an authentic way. And then it's when we debrief that and we relate it to these other things that we're like, yeah, it's not really about throwing the fish at each other. It's about this other thing. So to be able to just see how the metaphors all spiral up and layer on each other and, you know, building a business is a metaphor. Running um, a thing like having a, a marriage is an endless team building initiative. <laughs> Some of those things, like, it's so just eye-opening. It's like you unlock a level when you're like, oh, I'm not regulated. I am not being my best self. I need to do these things so that I can access the parts of my brain that allow me to relate or do the higher level reasoning. And so, yeah, if I could just wave my Harry Potter magic wand and, like, allow people to, like, Cool, you need to be regulated. You are not being your best self right now. And now you can forever access that in the future. I mean, vote for me for president. Yeah, that that would be awesome. Do your kids ever accuse you of facilitating them? (laughs) (laughs) My kids will be like, Mom. (laughs) Help social work me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I will do it at like large parties specifically like birthday parties or other things and i'm like okay before we go to the trampoline park what do we all want to agree to (laughs) what are some sets of norms what's our full value contract okay only positive communication take personal responsibility before you get in my car (laughs) (laughs) it's so hard it's so hard not to do it because you know how much better of an experience it will be for all those kids you just like want to so badly do it and it's funny since moving into my position at AE, I don't have groups. I don't I don't facilitate kids anymore. And so when my when my children's friends come over, I'm like, hey, y'all wanna <laughs> you wanna talk? You wanna do something? Let's let's well, let's play a game. <laughs> so I, I steal them and, and make them my little my little group that I can facilitate sometimes. So both of you are doing these awesome things in your communities and your work, what would you say is your vision for experiential education? What would be the end goal of experiential education in this world? I want it 
like fluoride in the water. I want it to be infused in education, in professional training and development in the corporate world. I want people to understand it and embody it and just relook at how education in any realm is approached and to do it in a more experiential way so that people embrace it and it's not seen as fluff or extra that people really embrace and understand how powerful it is without us having to like constantly feel like we're justifying it. I think that would be my same answer as well. Just knowing the fight and the push and the constant like convincing people, for lack of a better term, that like adventure therapy and experiential education, like it, it's evidence-based, it's research-based. There's so much to show that this is best practices. And to be able to get a new insurance panel or a new client or a new local project or community program and to not have to explain why I do what I do in terms of like why I use adventure therapy versus another form of therapy, that would be fantastic because I can't imagine a world without adventure therapy or experiential education. And to have it be just the norm would be my hope. And to have it be international and have all of us, the international programs on the same page of like, this is how we do it and this is best practices would be fantastic. Hikori is moving towards a comprehensive curriculum for schools instead of just supplemental content or activities and to have to justify it all the time. And what's hard is that with Kikori, the the folks that we talk to are usually the financial decision makers for a school or a district. And they're not often the ones who are working with their students on the ground level. And the disconnect is just, it's so vast. And the way the education system is sort of dealing with this post-COVID reckoning right now, it's really challenging. So I'm kind of excited to get to the other side of this. And I, I know that the struggle is worth it, but I'm really excited for for the future of experiential ed and adventure therapy and adventure programming in schools and in corporations even to just be like, heck yeah, this is the best way to learn and this is fun and it intrinsically motivates us to embrace these theories and these ideas and I'm ready to be on the other side sometimes. Yeah, it's interesting. I know, Christy, you said internationally we wanted to, and AE is an international organization, and I just got to go to Singapore for Asia Pacific Regional Conference, which was incredible. And Singapore is a small island country, and so they can do a lot of things because of the way the government is run there. But they are working toward having every single 15-year-old in Singapore go to Outward Bound Singapore for like a three-day program, I believe it's three days. And they do thousands, like tens of thousands of, of kids already. But the government, they're, it's working with the government, with Outward Bound, with, they're all working in conjunction. And because they believe in experiential education and they believe in the power of it, and it's just, it was really awesome to see what that idea that we're talking about, like if everybody understands it and understands the power of it, like what it can do. And um, it was amazing to see. But I, I do think that internationally we're moving, other places are moving toward it. And it's 
one of the cool things about AE is we get to see some of that. Um, we get to work with people from different areas and different countries and geographically and like, wow, if they're doing it, then we could do it, you know, and, and things like that. So that's really cool. And like, just my experience with our, the like the international adventure therapy community, seeing what other countries are doing and how they're implementing experiential education and adventure based programming is really neat to see like, OK, it's possible. It's possible with all of these hoops and red tape and all of the other things that we tend to have to go through here. Yeah, Kikori, one of our founding partners is Play for Peace. And with our partnership with Play for Peace, we have found that we have three or more users in over 78 different countries. And we have users, I think, total in 138 countries. Yeah, we've got international contributors on our platform, and we are working with Google Translate's AI to get all of our content translated so that somebody in a foreign country can just access everything in the language that is their their comfort so that they can implement these activities where they live and work. That's awesome. That's really cool. So... As facilitators and therapists, Christy, what is your favorite reflection prompt that you use? So I just had a group of 16 kids come back from trail yesterday. So here in the north woods of Wisconsin, Camp Manitowoc, we do a 10-day program, five days in camp, where they learn team building, leadership, group dynamics, low ropes, high ropes, and then they go on a canoe trip. So three nights, four days canoe trip. They came back yesterday. And the reflection question that I posed, and this particular group was out in thunderstorms. They had hail their first night. And the question that I asked them was, what do you want your future self to remember about this experience? Nobody wants to say that their future self wants to remember the bad things, you know, and it's so easy for us to, if the reflect is, what do you think you're going to take away from this experience? They'll be like, oh, there were bugs and it was wet and it was cold and it was hard to, to cook in the rain. But when you pose it as like, how do you want to intentionally remember this? They're forced to remove themselves from those immediate feelings that they're having and to pull back like how do you want to remember this how do you want to take control of your narrative and I found it to be really powerful I typically do more especially like with either individual clients or the smaller groups that I do I do more like open-ended reflection mm -hmm. prompts so I will use climber cards or like the Animalgum cards from Adventure Therapist LLC. Both of those are fantastic tools, especially that, have you guys seen the Animalgum cards? So like Nick Megley Huberek from Adventure Therapist LLC, he he has this ability to, to take two animals and like combine them into one. And so it's a whole deck of cards. I don't, I think they're out in my car in my bottomless pit of initiative tools, but it's a whole deck of cards in a tin that are like two animals that are combined into one. So it's like a seal and a puppy and 
imagine those two things together. And my clients are obsessed with these. They want them turned into squishmallows and all of the things. But when I let them pick from them, it'll be either an opening or a reflection of what did you take away from this? Or how are you feeling about the activity we just did? And they'll pick these cards and they'll just have a whole conversation with me about, well, this is why I picked this card and this is how it makes me feel. And it's just been really neat to see what seems like the most simple item used just opens up a world of conversation with these teens and emerging adults. Awesome. What do you pick after this podcast, Christy? Um, there's one that's it's um, I think it's I think I think it's a combination of like a tiny little like porcupine and like um, it's some animal with a really cute little face, but it's in this hand. And I would probably pick that one because it's one. I love talking with both of you. I always feel held in the scene when I talk to both of you. And to be able to like know that I, I've got a lot of prickly parts in me that can sometimes rub folks along the way. But to know that I can come and like that's part of the amazingness of our community and within AEE and TAPG to know that I can bring my whole self and just show up as I am and to know that I'm seen and held and respected for who I am and can have brave conversations. And if that's not a card, then Nick can make one. I'm sure he will. <laughs> we'll have it for pre-con. Bryn, what would you, uh, what would your future self like to remember about this podcast? Uh, my future self is just so grateful for you too. I think that my present self also has found you know a professional home in the association for experiential education and while my background isn't in therapy that doesn't mean that what i do isn't therapeutic and you know kendra is sort of my half that is represented in tapg and like i just i'm in the throes of my programming season and i actually was crying before i walked in here today because of just holding um, some of the responsibilities and the challenges. And so I think that my present self and my future self are very grateful for this conversation, for helping to regulate me and refocus and also zoom out and see that it's, it's not about whether or not the coffee got made and the coffee cups got put out for my, my chaperones, that it is being with these other people who are doing things in other regions and and the influence and the impact that we are making regionally, nationally, internationally. And yeah, I'm grateful for, for the opportunity to be a thought leader with you guys. It's good stuff. So thank you both. Bryn and Christy, this has been such a pleasure. I really appreciate you taking the time and I can't thank you enough. I know your schedules are full and sharing your stories with me and our listeners has just been a great experience. And thanks for our listeners for spending time with us on It's in the Experience. We hope you gained some knowledge about experiential education and had a little fun. We will be back each month to share more stories and experiences from varied voices within our community. So subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, and you won't miss an episode. You can learn more about AEE including registering for our upcoming events like the 51st Annual International Conference. You can find resources and you can engage in ways to connect with the community at the Association for Experiential Education website, 
aee.org and you might be able to dance a little Jimmy Buffett with Christy and Britt and I. <laughs>